Good evening and welcome to Ex Nihilo. I am your co-host, Steve Buckland, riding alongside the wonderful, the holy, the only, Father Martin Wynn. He's not here. He's not here. <laughs> no, he's cleaning up dog excrement in the office. Oh my gosh. You know, Steve, Steve just passed the test of a good and true friend. When Bailey, my my puppy, decided to poop in the office, Steve stepped in with his great wisdom and cleaned the carpet. <laughs> See, that's what having dogs, seven kids, and some cats will do for you. Oh, gosh, I am so stressed out, folks. Having a dog is hard. I love that you consider her to be a puppy at two years old. Well, that's like saying a five-year-old's a toddler. You she, realize that, She's right? a teenager. She's a teenager. And she acts like one, too. I'm oh, just gosh. glad my teenagers don't poop on the floor. So. Oh, Lord Almighty. But anyway, today I think the topic will interest many folks because um, we as a church is the body of Christ. Jesus, when he left the earth and returned to the Father, only gave us one instruction, that mm. is, Go off to all the nations, make disciples, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he did not give us anything else to right. work with. You figure it out. That's and called, you know what that's called? That's called message to Garcia. Have you ever heard of that expression? No. Message to Garcia? Oh, my gosh. Well, rate, race out uh, all 10 of you and uh, hit the Google box. Google message to Garcia. You'll see the story. I'll do you a quick summary. So basically, um, this is a story from during the Spanish-American War. Mm -hmm. And the general was bemoaning the fact that he couldn't get anybody to just carry out orders. And so he would ask somebody to take a message to Garcia. And the people would come in and they'd say, well, who is Garcia? How do I know what he looks like? Where can I find him? What if, uh, what if I can't do this? So one excuse after another, all these questions. And finally, he got one guy. He said, take a message to Garcia. He said, yes, sir. And he left. And so that's – and he just went. And so it wasn't about where do I go. He just was like he was going to figure out how to find Garcia. He would identify him, and he was going to get in the that, message. And that's, that's pretty what Jesus much did to us. That's he pretty left much us with the greatest message to Garcia in history. He gave us a mission to baptize uh, the nations. He gave us two commandments: love one another. Oh, just one great commandment: love one another as I have loved you. And that's just about it. I thought there were two. Remember the, you, the gospel. The gospel weeks, this yeah, past week. God with your whole heart, mind, body, and soul. And love your love one another. Yeah, as yourself. Uh, but that's pretty much it. The, the apostles had to figure it out. And then the early church had to figure it out how to, uh, how to bond together, how yeah. to function as a church. And as time progresses, we become pretty much an institution. Right. Because, because when there's no order, then, right. uh, then there's no hierarchy. There's well, we no, got legal. I mean, getting legal was a big help. Right, and there's no chain of command, and so who's going to give the order and who's going to carry out the order? Right. And so slowly and gradually, we begin to establish a structure, and that is exactly a very long-winded <coughs> introduction to what Steve has decided to be our topic today, <laughs> which is... Ah, curious dicasteries and different departments within uh, the Roman the Roman organization or in the Vatican. So, but curious and dicasteries. 
Honestly, though, if you go knock on the door of Pope Francis and ask him what is the organization of the Vatican, he will tell you, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Because it, it is pretty complex. And so we're going to do the best we can to... Uh, we'll guide you through it. So in case you're ever wondering, or in case you ever, uh, you know, find yourself just going, you know, how do how do things get run? When we declare, when, when the Pope decides that he's going to have a, an issue of motor proprio, Um, who carries that out, and who decides? You know, what's going? What rules are we going to apply, or where's money going, or how are things being right. done? That's all happening in this great kind of administrative body that is the Roman Curia. Right, and just a clear distinction: the Roman Curia is an organization, sort of like the headquarter, uh, but it is not the church. The institution right. and the church is totally different. But to go back to the structure, the Pope, going back to the very basic Pope, is the successor of St. Peter, right. the Prince of the Apostles. So as you, as you remember, Jesus had 12 disciples, but he chose Peter, a very flawed uh, but quite committed guy, and he decided to make him the prince the, the the first among equal right and so pope the pope is the head of the curia or the code of canon law would call him the supreme law maker right and so really you know when you, you and that's a great starting point you have to understand that the, the pope francis really among his many titles um, he is the bishop of rome right uh, just like a bishop just like bishop noonan Uh, which is a metropolitan, right. uh, so it's big. Uh, but then he also has, as Father Martin pointed out, has the responsibilities um, as the Holy Father, um, as the the Prince of the Apostles and the heir to St. Peter, of administering the church at large. And so, whereas every, if you go to any diocese, uh, just the Diocese of Orlando, we have a curia. It's it's the administrative body that runs, right. uh, that runs the organization. We happen to call it the Chancery, Uh, over here, come various names, uh, but really, it's what Bishop Noonan, the, the folks who work over there, they're they're carrying out the affairs of the diocese in support of Bishop Noonan's mission to be the shepherd for all the souls in his diocese. Right, and so Pope Francis has that uh, certainly for the uh, the diocese of Rome, but for the church at large, it needs right. a much larger structure. And, and so that's being, where the, being the, the supreme lawmaker, the buck stopped with him. So he, he's pretty much called a shot, but, mm. you know, he's just one person administrating such a huge, huge responsibility. He needs help. He does need help. So here's your first Jeopardy question. Sure. What does the word curia mean? Uh, Ring in. Care. <laughs> care? Close? Court. Court? Is it really? Court, yeah. Oh! Curia. Yep. And later Latin usage means court in the sense of royal court rather than a court of law. Uh, right. it, interesting. It, it's a carryover from the Middle Ages. It is a carryover from the Middle Ages. Yep, yep, it is. Um, so, in a sense, it is, uh, it is this giant organization. You can't really compare it to, like, the federal government with cabinets, and although there are secretaries, right. um, there are many different departments that fall uh, into the Roman Curia. Um, and they have so many, many jobs. And one of the things that people will, may remember is there was a lot of corruption in the Curia. And so one of the things that Pope Francis has uh, undertaken 
is a reformation or a reform of the curia. Right. So changing the way things are run, uh, streamlining, so, yeah, trying to be more by efficient. The time, by the time you listen to this podcast, he might have just changed all the... He might have gotten rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you you never know because it's been threatening the, the, the reforms for a while. So just to help us understand, so when, when we say that Pope Francis has the supreme authority to make laws, he can't exercise it by himself. Right. So he delegated to his lieutenants yep. or like we call them the prefects of different dicasteries. Yes. Um, and dicasteries are just a small part. So you're jumping ahead a little bit. So we are. Okay, the interesting well, thing do, do, about do, do, do. the Curia is, is that whenever the Pope, whenever there's a set of a Conte, mm-hmm. so a Pope died well, before, it was before when the Pope died, or more recently, when the Pope decides to retire, all the heads of the Lose, Curia, loses they, their power. they don't lose it, they give it up. They are They resign. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I learned something so, new today. So, yeah, all, all of so all the offices now that doesn't oh, include the no, offices no, 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 of the Vatican City State. Those do not, but there's one. two that don't. The uh, the the prefect of the uh, uh, Apostolic Penitentiary, the Court of Mercy. That's right. He stays on the major penitentiary, and and the uh, um, the Supreme Court, which is which is the Apostolic Signatura, isn't it? No, the Cardinal Camerlengo. Oh yeah, well that's those true. are the two guys that don't they don't resign. Everybody else resigns uh, their office immediately. And then when the new pope uh, is elected, he he can choose to renew cho- exactly their license or the the terms, or he can just like ah goodbye, thank yeah, you. Exactly, exactly. So so those are the only two, and so everybody gets wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, when, just just a little side note: when a pope died, when a pope died, the the dean of the College of Cardinals would come over to the body of the pope. And he would uh, he would not use a silver hammer. Yeah, and, break and he would the ring. knock it. He would knock on the forehead of the Pope three yeah. times, <laughs> right. and call him by his real name. And if the Pope does not reply, he is declared dead. And so <laughs> that the dean of the cardinal would take off the ring, which is the. Um, we call it the, the fisher ring, yeah. the fisherman ring. Fisherman ring, that's right. Which is his seal that he used to seal his documents, and it will be. Uh, he would Broken. use the, uh, the the silver hammer and break the uh, the, the ring. That's right. Uh, Until we get a new pope. Now, pope. I don't know what happened with. Now, obviously, with with uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict, they didn't need a knock on his it. head. They just they scratched, scratched the uh, they scratched the it seal. Out. So yep. he still has the ring, but no seal. Mm. Interesting, right? So you mentioned. So now there are different groups within the Curia. Correct. So uh, exempting the offices that run the city state, because the Vatican is a, a sovereign nation, and mm-hmm. exempting the Swiss Guard, that's the police, right? We have different dicasteries. The most colorful guards. They are. are. They are. So the dicastery is kind of probably one of the most popular forms of departments or administrations. And dicasteries uh, come in many different forms. So they're congregations. And you've heard of maybe the Congregation for Divine uh, Worship, Congregation for the Doctrine of the so Faith. So basically, each, each congregation take on a responsibility and the Pope delegates his power to them. Right. For example, Congregation for Bishops, for example. So how do, who decides when so-and-so is going to be named a bishop? Well, obviously, Pope, Pope Francis, Francis cannot pick like yeah he doesn't do his homework he doesn't fly out to Tulsa to interview candidates so you're, <laughs> you know so the congregation for bishop uh, representing by the prefect which right now is the Canadian Cardinal Cardinal Ouellette. Ouellette, that's right um, and they he meets with the Pope every Saturday presenting the candidates 
and the Pope put his signature there to ratify the selection. Right. Um, so he relies on just you know the organization to do the vetting. They right. do the take the recommendations and then come up. Same thing with uh, causes for saints. Um, so folks, Carlo you know, Amato, yep. Salesian, Salesian, oh. and so when a, a diocese uh, petitions somebody for a sainthood or to be uh, put on that path, um, all those are submitted into that uh, dicastery and they decide uh, who's going to get in front of the Pope, and the Pope then decides who's. I think moving on. I, I honestly think that there are two offices that is most powerful in all these congregations. First is the cause of saints, because yeah. when a pope declare canonization of a saint, it is basically an, a, a declaration from the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when he, so the, the, the responsibility. It's a dogmatic declaration. Yep. So the responsibility of that congregation is pretty huge. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, we cannot forget the sacred congregation for doctrine and faith. Yeah, doctrine of the faith. Very controversial recently. Uh, it used to be called the Holy Office because that that office really holy iron fist. Uh, it, it is the safe. The responsibility is to safeguard the integrity of the faith. Um, Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth served under Paul, John Paul II many years as the the, the prefect, um, and like Steve said, it, it recently it went through a bit of a contra- controversy because uh, Pope Francis refused to um, renew the <laughs> the term for for Cardinal Mueller right and replace him with a Jesuit <laughs> right exactly. Um, <laughs> which is a whole other podcast we'll it, do. it will be another whole uh, different <laughs> podcast uh, but uh, just like any form of governance they have structure so uh, underneath the congregation or dicasteries there's prefects and there's secretaries right is yeah, that what you're yeah, reading yeah. so so most of the con- so congregations are headed by a prefect and most of the prefects are cardinals right um, and then i don't think we've ever talked about cardinals and bishops and archbishops but again another safe to say so basically cardinals are the princes of the church they're appointed by the pope to be his advisors most famously they elect a new pope when when we have the when the office is vacant correct um, so most of the congregations these are the big ones dicasteries um, are the the basically the two that are actually called dicasteries are the dicastery for laity and family life and for promoting human development uh, which just started this year that's a brand new dicastery headed by an by, american headed by american created uh, by pope francis uh, pope francis is also the first person to appoint a lady to one of the major, uh, to head one of the major dicasteries in the church, um, and then you have the apostolic tribunal, so the the penitentiary, the signor, signatura, and That's the Roman the rota. Court. It's actually not that different from the structure of um, right. of uh, American government. Yeah. So we got the courts, that uh, three courts in Rome: the, the Supreme Court, which is called the Apostolic Signatura, right? The penitentiary, which is the Court of Mercy, Mercy, yeah, and the Roman rota, which is deal with uh, criminal cases and right. match cases so it's it's fascinating not and then, that getting married is a crime don't <laughs> you put those really depending, close together depending on how you look at it <laughs> and then the congregations and, deal with the and then um, you have, well you have councils don't forget councils now pontific, pontific, we have councils. pontifical councils promoting christian unity see next week's podcast uh pontifical council for justice and peace mm-hmm. uh, which just went away that's gone 
Um, Did see, it really? All these, yeah, yeah, that went away. That that gets gone. Uh, the Pontifical Council for the Pastoral Care of Migrants and Itinerants, that's gone. Cor Unum is still there? Cor Unum uh, until 1 January 2017, so I think that's gone. Where'd you too. get all this stuff, man? Uh, you know, it's hard to keep up with all these, so I just got the, the latest list. But the interesting thing, so understanding that there's this huge umbrella of uh, organizations. Right. One of the things that's under there is uh, is one of my favorites, which is the library. The oh, archives. the secret archives. Ah, yes. And in there are the secret archives. The Vatican's secret archives, which, now, by the way, this is where this is where Steve is going to take the the, the lead. Father here Martin's never I, actually been to the secret archives. No, 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 but no. But you know so. what the good news is? I can get you in. You can. I can get you into the Vatican secret archives. You're going to do it virtually. Oh, get your phone out. Virtually. No, no, really. Just get your phone I out. Don't care I'm going to get virtual. you in. Yeah, what? I'm going to get you in right now. Why? Yeah. All you have to do is open up your browser, go to Vatican.va. And you'll see on the homepage a link to the Vatican Secret Archives. Or, better yet, you could go to the St. James Cathedral website, stjamesorlando.org. And in the links section, we have a link there to the Vatican Secret Archives. Of course Steve would have it. You know, he's responsible for the, the website. So, <laughs> so of course, it. we have a link. But what is the Vatican Secret Archives? So, if it's so secret, why do we have it on our website? <laughs> Wasn't it like it's not secret in the in the sense that it's hidden or but more like private, right? Mm, yep, it is the Pope's private library. So this was interesting, and I learned this. Uh, so the word secretary, right, mm. comes from the word secret. True. Did you know that? No. Isn't that amazing? I did not know that. I was that was an amazing revelation. That secretary comes from the word secret. So when we talk about the Vatican secret archives, these are the archives that are the personal private archives of the Pope, and mm-hmm. so they're handed down from one Pope um, after another. And the oldest document uh, dates back from uh, right around the 1000s, about the 900s, um, uh, and that is because during kind of the the rise and fall of Rome over the years, many, many times the Vatican was sacked. Right. Uh, And when it was sacked, they typically took everything or burned everything. Um, And so it was very hard to kind of get a lot of the administrative documents. But really, from about the uh, 11th century on, all of the documents we have are very, very consistent. So all of the decrees, all of those things, um, they're in there. We, we Catholic, the Catholic Church, if anything, we're so good at record keeping. We do keep just about everything under the heavens. That's, that is uh, true. But it, it is a fascinating uh, place. I, I saw a documentary on, on the, the, the archives before, and the re- reserva- preservation of these documents is just incredible. It is incredible. So inside the Vatican secret archives are 53 miles of shelving. For books? For documents, books, catalogs, that's right. Over 35,000 volumes are in the selective catalog alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a whole separate room for indexes that shows you where all these things are. You can imagine with 53 miles of shelving. Um, (laughs) There are documents that aren't available. Everything from 1939 to present is sealed. So you can't see any of the Pope's secret papers from 19 or private papers from 1939 on. Oh, so uh, John Paul II's diary is, uh, is is sealed. Any of any of his personal papers that would have been sent to the archive are still sealed. Wow. Uh, but it, what's interesting is is if you what isn't sealed uh, is you can you can get the um, the documentation for Henry VIII of England's request for an annulment. 
Really? That is that is there. Um, a handwritten transcript of the trial against Galileo for heresy, and letters from Michelangelo complaining that he hadn't been paid for his work on the Sistine Chapel are all contained in the Vatican's secret archives. That is the one place I would very much like to visit. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm a nerd. Yeah, I am too. So it's uh, and most of it's underground. So you just have to be a qualified scholar from an institute of higher education, um, or maybe you could get a note from your bishop. Maybe we could work on that. Uh, but you you have very strict limitations on what you're able to view and, and access. So um, you have to be you have to go in with a very kind of specific request, right? Uh, and then you get to go look at that thing. You can't just like spend twenty years going through. I do know someone documents. from working for the Apostolic Penitentiary. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, man, anything that could get us in, I, that would be just like even just to go and to browse it or to just see one of those things would just be uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll so. be like a kid. Can I touch it? Can yeah, I touch it? I know it? I would be too. So <laughs> it would be bad. There'd be both of us running our fingers down all the books to say we touched, you know, a thousand years of history. Um, so it's it, it's interesting. So when we, the reason and kind of the, the, the purpose and the point of this topic is just to give folks a better understanding of, of how things run. Um, that, you know, it's not just uh, keeping the lights on and the air conditioning if you're in the south or the heat on if you're in the north. Um, but it's when records need to be accessed, when cases need to be uh, remembered, when we have, uh, you know, who's going to run what and, and the structure. All that has to be done somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just to hope, hopefully give you a better appreciation. Of, and really we of, can do a lot of justice uh, yeah. to explain such a vast topic oh, in it's 20, huge. 24 and 23 minutes. Uh I hope to make the point is that, you know, although my generation is not all that into institutions, yeah, but we do have to understand that things don't run on its own. On its own. No. Even when the Lord sent us on a mission with a commandment, we still need structure. Otherwise, we'll be like <laughs> crazy water. There's no direction whatsoever where to go and what to do. Right. Um, and that's what the, uh, the congregation, the hierarchies, uh, serve and they serve at the uh, at the pleasure of the Pope, who is the supreme lawmaker. Uh, Sometimes people get all bent out of shape. Pope Francis can't do that. Pope Francis can't do this. Well, sad to say, but hate to tell you, but he is the supreme lawmaker. He is. The, the moment he accepted the election, he became the rule maker. So obedience and pa- and peace, my dear friends. Obedience and peace. Speaking of obedience and peace, not to tease a forthcoming podcast, but another document contained in the archives is the 1521 Bull of Excommunication of Martin Luther. Mm. Exuge Domine by Leo X. Rise up, O Lord. Uh, and and I, I guess it, it's kind of insulting because in that particular uh, psalm, it's from Psalm 88, I believe, 80, and it, basically talking about the enemy of the church like a bull, like a boar. Yep. A wild pig, and so Leo was kind of calling Luther a wild pig. <laughs> yeah, but more on that to come. <laughs> well, but dear friends, let's hope that you have a wonderful week, and we thank you for listening. And if any of you know Sergio Pagano, the cardinal, Cardinal Sergio Pagano, he is the current prefect of the Vatican Secret Archives, and is can he? get Father Martin or I, or preferably both of us at the same time, into the archives, we'd be forever grateful. Yeah. He's All been right. in office since 97. He <laughs> must be doing a heck of a job, because that's three popes he served. So Wow. Yeah. Yep. So, Cardinal Pagano, if by any chance... Uh, You're listening to this? We'd love to come and visit. 
I'll polish your shoe. Card. We'll bring the tea. I'll, I'll even make you fried rice. We'll walk your dog if you have one. <laughs> and I clean. I can clean up after your dog too. Exactly. We're training, <laughs> Father Martin. So. But thank you for listening, friends. God bless. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>